There's never been a greater love story than the story of God sending his only son to die for sinners and rise to life again. And he will bring hope as we encounter a love that reigns over our past, presents, and futures. Join us today as we start a new series called Love Reigns, right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Venture Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you are joining us today. Uh, we believe God has placed you where you need to be. And as always, we are praying that God will give you a reason, a purpose of why he has you where you are. Hey, I just want to say he is risen. Happy Easter, everyone. Uh, I know it's the day later after Easter, or depending on when you're listening, this could be a while after Easter, but you know what? Uh, we know that he's still alive today, and Jesus is still with us uh, no matter what day it is, and so we need to be thankful for that. Uh, and so um, today um, was the start of our uh, new series, or is the start of our new series called Love Reigns, and um, we are kicking it off uh, at Venture Church. We kicked it off this weekend with uh, our Easter weekend. And so uh, that's why we're saying Happy Easter and uh, letting you know that uh, we are celebrating uh, Jesus Christ, right? And so let me just get started by saying this. It was the love of God that caused Jesus to come to earth and to offer himself as a sacrifice on the cross to forgive the world of its sins. And it is the love of God that continually offers us new life through this risen Savior. So today, or, or this past weekend, or every day, we celebrate because we worship the risen Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. So, um, like I said from the beginning, this is our new series. It's called Love Reigns. And for the next four weeks, we'll be discovering all the ways that God's amazing love transforms our past, present, and future. Many people underestimate the power of love. And I would argue that it is the most powerful force on earth. Many, many men uh, might be able to relate with me to the kind of things that, that love drove us to do, right, in order to win the hearts of uh, our wives or our girlfriends, if you are unmarried. Uh, I remember when I first met my wife, I was, I was pretty much unsure how to start a conversation with her because uh, she showed up at a football game. Uh, this is back in high school. I was a senior. She was a junior. And uh, she showed up to a football game with uh, the current girl that I was trying to talk to at that point and in time. And so all I could think about was, though, as I wanted to get to know my wife uh, more than I wanted to get to know this girl, uh, this girl, other, other girl now. You know? And so with the help of my friends, I devised a plan that, that one of them would kind of distract the other girl that I first wanted to get to know by, by talking with her and that so I could start talking with Jen. And then shortly after that, that other girl uh, didn't want to talk to me anymore, <laughs> right? Not sure why, uh, but anyway. Um, then I asked my wife out, and, and the rest is history. 
But over the years, I've heard harrowing stories of men risking total embarrassment to try to impress the ones they love. And so I'm going to ask any, any men that are listening uh, to this podcast to, to honestly ask or think about this. How many of you have ever done something embarrassing to impress a loved one? Now, i got to share with you, I asked our, our church congregation this question uh, this past Sunday, and not many men raised their hand. Uh, but then I asked this question. <laughs> I asked, how many of, your, of you wives and girlfriends uh, thought your husband or boyfriend did something embarrassing to impress you? And about all of them raised their hand, right? <laughs> the men didn't even know they did something embarrassing, which is, which is great. I think it's great. But love is the driving force behind our sacrificial actions toward our family and friends. We will gladly pay any price in order to demonstrate how much we care. Love, love is powerful, and it moves us to do amazing things. And before there ever was an Easter Sunday, there was a Good Friday. And before there was ever a resurrection, there first had to be a death. And so that brings us to our... Um, our whole series that we're talking about and talking about love reigns. And today specifically, we're going to talk about how love reigns. And um, I've got a few points for this. Um, it brings me, uh, here's my first point on this, that there can only be one king. So how does love reigns? Well, there can only be one king with it. Because for 33 years, Jesus walked the earth while serving the hungry, healing the broken, delivering the oppressed, and he announced the king, uh, coming kingdom of God and the restoration of all things. And while doing this, he claimed to be the son of God. And, and many people believed him to be the true king of all things. Uh, this kind of thinking and teaching, though, caused a lot of conflict in the area that Jesus served in. Because you see, at the time, the ruler of the ancient Near East was, was Rome. And Rome had installed a vassal king named Herod the Great. He was to keep things in Israel under control. Herod was a tyrant and was constantly afraid that his authority would, would be undermined. You see, another potential king would be a threat to Roman rule and therefore had to be eradicated. Both Herod and Jesus could not reign over Israel. Okay? And so the Jewish religious leaders and the Roman centurions worked together to have Jesus arrested. He was then brought to the trial for his claims to be God. He then was convicted and then nearly beaten to death. He then was forced to carry a rugged wooden cross all the way to the top of the hill that, that he would be killed upon. And so let's read about this um, today uh, as our main scripture comes from Matthew 27, verses 32 through 42. And for this series, I think most of it I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation uh, definitely today, that's where I'll be at. So we're in Matthew 27, 32 through 42. Here's what it says. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. The soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice, and then they sat around and kept guard as he, as he hung there. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him, and it read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries, or you could, depending on what you know, scripture's reading, that revolutionaries can mean criminals or thieves, or, um, but either way, uh, they were all, they were, both of them were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. 
The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and, and rebuild it in three days. Well, well, then, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests, the, the teachers of religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So is he the king of Israel? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we will believe in him. The crucifixion of Jesus is marked by ridicule and disbelief. The, the soldiers mocked Jesus by placing a sign over his head, calling him the king of the Jews, even though they did not believe it. Those who passed by mocked Jesus by, by telling him to save himself if he really was the son of God. The priests and the teachers mocked Jesus by telling him to get off the cross if he really was the king of Israel. None of them understood that the true test of Jesus' power and authority was not in the ability to save himself from crucifixion, but in his ability to overcome the death that the crucifixion would result in. Sometimes we miss the proof of Jesus' lordship because we are expecting him to prove himself in certain ways and he does something different. Many individuals have decided in their hearts that they will never trust in Jesus unless he meets their expectations, unless Jesus heals their relatives or gives them a job or stops world hunger or writes something in the sky like, I'm Jesus and here I am, right? They will never trust him and obey his authority in their lives. They can never allow themselves to see him as king unless he does what they want him to do. And I'm afraid this kind of mentality is the same kind of struggle that, that plagued those who were there at Jesus' death. It, it's also the same mentality that drove Herod to be a part of the death of God's son. When we demand Jesus to prove himself on our terms, we, we rob ourselves of seeking or seeing his work in our lives. Herod was not the last one to be threatened by the kingship of Jesus. He was not the only one to struggle with the idea of Jesus being in charge. The truth is that this is still an idea that, that we have a hard time with today. Many people struggle with it. In our lives, there can only be one king as well. And it has been said that on the throne of our hearts sits the one who reigns in our lives. We must choose whether that will be Jesus or whether it will be ourselves. And when we are on the throne of our hearts, we make decisions based on what we want. We often live selfishly. The other choice we have is to put Jesus on the throne of our lives. And when Jesus is on the throne of our lives, love reigns. We listen to his leading. We put others first. We, we live sacrificially. So when it comes to the way you speak and, speak and act and live, there can only be one king. If Jesus is dead, then, then none of this matters, right? Let me just say that. If Jesus is dead, then none of this, this matters. But if he is risen from the dead, that changes everything, right? He is king. And this leads me to my second point on how love reigns. Love overcame death. Love overcame death. You see, three days after Jesus was crucified and laid in the tomb, to everyone's shock and amazement, he appeared in bodily form to, to, to many of the disciples and others. This had never happened before. They had seen him killed. They, they knew he was dead. And now he was eating with them, walking with them, and talking with them. 
Jesus' love for humanity had overcome death and defeated evil once and for all. His resurrection is a proof that he was indeed the true king over all. Let me kind of illustrate it this way. Uh, this is a true story. There, there once was a famous artist who lost his passport while traveling in Europe, and when he came to a border crossing, he explained his predicament to one of the guards, giving him, uh, giving his name uh, to, to the official. He said, my name is Paul Gustav Dore, and he hoped he would be recognized and allowed to pass. Well, however, the, the guard said that many, that many people attempted to cross the border by claiming to be persons they were not, and so he needed proof. But Dorr insisted that he was the man he claimed to be. And the official's like, all right, we'll, we'll give you a test then. If you can pass it, we'll allow you to go through. And so he handed him a pencil and a sheet of paper. And he told the artist to sketch several people standing nearby. And Dorr did it so quickly and skillfully that the guard was convinced he was indeed who he claimed to be. You see, his work confirmed his word. And Jesus' work confirmed his word as well. Though many doubted him and mocked him, death did not have the last word and final say. Love did. And the scriptures tells us um, this is true. It's in one of the most famous passages of all in John three sixteen. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but what? Have eternal life. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to live and to die. When we put our faith hope and trust in Jesus's life, death and resurrection, we will be saved. And that is why we celebrate Easter. We have been given an opportunity for eternal life. We know that because of Jesus, the worst thing that will happen to us will not be the last thing that happens to us because we will experience resurrection and new life. After Jesus had resurrected, his final words to his followers revealed to us the truth behind the Easter story. And so we're going to read that this morning as well. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And like I said, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Easter is the day that Jesus was given all authority on heaven and on earth, no matter how many doubted. He is the king of the Jews. No matter how many mocked him, he was able to rescue himself and the entire world. And no matter how many questioned his power, he did, he did defeat the cross once and for all. The love of God was the authority and, and was now reigning over the entire world and our lives as well. His final instruction for all of his followers was to go into the whole world and make disciples. He told them to spread the good news of his resurrection and love to all who would listen. We have been invited to teach the way of Jesus because it changes the world. And this leads me to my third and final point on how love reigns. I want you to let love reign in you. Today, if you consider yourself a Christian, the instruction has been given to you as well. You are to be a part of making disciples. The Greek word used in this passage for disciple is a form of the word mathetes, which means learner or student. We are to allow ourselves to be students and learners of the way of Christ and to help others become learners and students as well. It holds with it a feeling of progression. 
To be a disciple is to be in a lifelong process of becoming more like Jesus. Over time, we learn to live generous lives. We learn to forgive. We learn to serve others, and we learn to practice self-control, and we learn to be people of peace. And when we submit to the love of Jesus in our lives, we are compelled to live life like him and to invite others to join us. This is what it means to let love reign in us. I became a believer when I was in my 20s, uh, and I'm going to be super transparent with everybody. Um, Even at the age of, I think it was around 23 or so, I was not fully aware of the decision I had made. But I knew that, that Jesus loved me and that he had died and rose again for me, and I wanted to give him my life. And since that time that I prayed for Jesus to live in me, I have seen my life change in so many wonderful ways. I have spent 25 years of my life allowing God to have more and more of my life. And over time, I have become a better husband, father, friend, and pastor because of the decision I made to be a disciple. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize that again. Over time, I became those things because it does take time. Now, I'm sharing with you, once you, once you, are a, you, you accept Jesus Christ in your, in your life, you are saved. But it does take time. Uh, over time, you will become more like him and strive to be more like him. Okay? And the final reminder that we are given by Jesus before he ascends into heaven is that he will always be with us until the very end. Okay, and, and so maybe today you feel like God has forgotten about you. And I want to remind you that, that you are never alone. Jesus lives and dwells inside of those who trust him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this means that no matter what you go through and no matter what you face, you are not alone. And so I'm convinced that there are at least uh, some of you that, are, that fall um, into uh, two categories, okay? Uh, the first category I'm talking about there, there are those of you that are listening who have never made the decision to let love reign in their, in your lives and to follow Jesus. And, and maybe you've been waiting for Jesus to prove himself to you and it has not happened yet. Or maybe you don't want to give up control of your life and so you've never submitted to Jesus. Well, today I want to invite you to just give your life to Jesus. I want to invite you to offer him your heart and to become a disciple and student of his for the rest of your life. And to do this is very simple. You just, you just, you know, go into prayer, even if it feels awkward and you're not even sure who you're talking to, right? You just go into your, into prayer and you just, you just let Jesus know that, that you are trying to get out of your own authority and live under his authority and, and ask for forgiveness and, and, and you know, and he will give it to you. And, and then you have to believe that he died and rose for you uh, and, and you have to welcome him into your life, okay? And, and you just thank him for the opportunity to, to do that, okay? And that's just what you do. And if you do that with a sincere heart, okay, you are now a Christian and you are a disciple of Jesus. And so my encouragement to you is this, strive to live each and every day under the reign of Christ's love. Now, you also might fall in category number two, Uh, where you may have trusted in Jesus before, but you have grown tired of obeying him. Maybe you've strayed from him and have lived for yourself. Well, Easter reminds us, this time of year reminds us that we can once again repent and obey. If this is you today, 
I want to remind you that Jesus promised never to leave us. He still loves you and is still with you. Commit once again to live for him. Now, if you've made one of those decisions today on giving your life to Christ or recommitting your life to Christ, let me share something with you. You made the best decision you will ever make in your life, okay? You, you've made the best decision you ever make, you ever will make in your life, okay? And I'm going to be praying for you, all right? And, and so as we wrap up this podcast today, let me just say this. During this Easter time frame, may you see the resurrection of Jesus Christ as the proof of his love, and may you let that love reign in your life. May you join God in spreading this good news with the entire world, that he is risen. Happy Easter, everybody. This concludes our episode for today. Hey, we are hoping that you will uh, come back and be a part of our continuing series of Love Reigns. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Venture Ministries, or you'd like to help support us financially, please visit us at VentureChurch.ch.